Hello? Hello? Mic check? Mic check? Hold on. I'm getting it all clear from the studio. Are your volume levels all set, listener? Hello and welcome to another episode of After the Whistle. My name is Kale and I'm here with my compatriots to discuss sports and every single thing around it. And we have just finished witnessing, there I call it a thrashing, but like something remarkable with Lyon knocking City out of the the quarterfinals of the UEFA Champions League. But yes, I'm joined today with Smiley. Smiley, what's good? Actually, bro, I do, I do. Crack himself. Oh, what they do? <laughs> I'm ready. Uh, Mr. Kawawa has has decided to Yo. grace us this evening. Charlie, Charlie, what's up? What's up? What's, what, what's, what's good, brothers? How are you feeling this evening? Uh, I'm excited. I'm mean, very excited. <laughs> <laughs> a crack. The agenda must fucking agenda. Oh, it, it has to fucking come on. My God. <laughs> Ah, what a night. Smiley, how, did you, were you able to catch the game? Oh, yeah, 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 Charlie. I was, I, I actually, I was actually tipping Leon to win because, you know, the last two times we've met, Leon was, Leon actually gave City a lot of trouble. They beat them once in the group stages. I think that was a year or two years ago or something. So, I knew they were capable of something, so, Charlie. Big yeah, it was, it, was, it was a good game to watch. And uh, that means that we have the final four teams uh, laid out for the Champions League with Bayern, PSG, RB Leipzig, and Olympic Lyon. But, you know, I think we all have to start with these past two days as to how... Do, do we call it a murder? What, what, what Bayern absolutely did to Barcelona was just... It was lovely to watch, but you know, I'm sure I feel for the fans who had to witness that. I mean, I, I think I saw a video online by a kid who saw, who tasted defeat, <laughs> who saw his goat crying, and you could see how the kid was gone. Could even talk to his family members. I'm like, hey, Charlie, football, football. It, it was a bloody fucking hell. A, a proper thrashing, like bloody like, fucking hell the kind of the kind of beating that you don't have any excuses you you can't blame the referee you can't blame anything like you were well beaten there was one video of vidal after the sixth i think was it the seventh goal and i don't you could just see it was as if he was hyperventilating or something the guy was just actually, bts bts <laughs> actually, it was beautiful to watch Barca, Barca have made all of us cry before so it's good to see them in this place now. But I think Liverpool fans will, won't feel some type of way. They were able to put a couple goals past them the seasons past. So they'll they'll just feel they, they will be looking at the city result today and be like, you know what? Yeah, the, 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 <laughs> this team can't go further than we weren't able to. So, you know, oh good good matchups all around. Good matchups all around. But uh the review of the Champions League, we've talked about two very important games, but then uh, P, we also have to loud PSG for two 90th minute goals, you know, to knock out Atalanta at the death, and you know that was just very heartbreaking to watch. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that it was um, it was heartbreaking to watch, um, given how Atalanta have been extremely good this season. You would have expected them to have done um, something. To have held out, you know, to to win in that game. But knowing Atlanta and knowing how porous their defense is, I mean, I was expecting PSG to score at some point. They had looked unlucky all the game, and um, you know, in the final stages, that the goal just came. But I think I would say kudos to Atlanta too. They've given us some exciting football to see this season, and yeah. I think that that's that's just how how you know football is sometimes. Sometimes the um, the team that plays extremely well doesn't win, and I think that's a, that's a position that Atlanta found themselves in. For PSG, it's, it's good for them. I mean, they spent so much money in the past decade. And to be in their first final, uh, first semi-final in 25 years um, is extremely good for them and good for the club. Also good for Thomas Tuchel himself and for players like Neymar and Mbappe and, and for everyone who has been a very big naysayer of Neymar's ability and Neymar's um, strength to play in games. I think that this is a time that you know he, he needs to be watched and he needs to be lauded for how good he has been over, over the course of the season. Yeah, and uh, I think I think you also have to put into perspective that 
since 2005, I believe, it's that which I saw. This is the first time that a Champions League semi-final does not have Cristiano Ronaldo or Lionel Messi. And it could not be a much more perfect opportunity to, for Neymar and maybe any other player who has been put in that Ballon d'Or conversation over the past couple of years to actually step up. Even though there's no Ballon d'Or this year, you will know that the people will sort of gravitate towards one player or the other. So it looked like the ultimate matchup is going to be between PSG and Bayern. Not to say that nothing else can happen because this is a one-legged tie, where a one-off match where anything can happen. Leipzig could set up really well Leon to go to set up really well, cause an upset, and you know it could be it could go all over the place. You know, but how the defeats because their agenda must to fucking come on, bro. Oh, you see, they are relaxed because we're not catch there yet. So <laughs> I, I won't be giving people analyze it. But but with the PSG and Leipzig match, if if PSG is going to lose, it will be all down to the coach playing Herrera and uh, Idrissa in midfield. Against this one, Atlanta was even a wrong decision from the coach. And and Marquinhos, are you playing class three defensive-minded players in the midfield just like that? You you, you don't you shouldn't do that. Either you are going to play a four four two or four two four all out attack or not. Just do it. Otherwise, you worry PSG against Lesbian. because Lesbian, they are compact and their transition is really good and they press. So if they are going to win that match. It is down to them, but I want Neymar to win the Champions League. I want him to win the Champions League because I've been saying that behind Ronaldo and Messi, he's the third best world player, and 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 that's what I believe. Behind them, he he's the he's the best player in the world. But he hasn't showed it over the years, so people will slate him and say he's not a team player. He he he, he doesn't take the ball seriously and all of that. But I want him to win. Honestly, right now I think Neymar has moved ahead of Ronaldo in the in the top players in the world right now. Because so you rate Messi above Neymar? No, I'm at the moment I rate Messi above Neymar and then Neymar above Ronaldo. So I feel like right now Neymar has overtaken Ronaldo in in that right. standing. Because Ronaldo Ronaldo is still great, but he's he's lost that extra something about him in fact not just him Messi too Messi too isn't the Messi we all know but the way the gap between them and the rest was so so big even though they've lost something they are still ahead of the rest but Neymar has just slipped inside now because Charlie you see but his his dominance in the Atlanta game it was it was like the ball was stuck to his leg he, he was making he was doing things that I haven't seen since since Ronaldinho because like his dribbling is on points. His he he, he did everything. Waiter passes. Yeah, 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 yeah. he but, did everything except score. And Charlie, honestly, I don't see. I don't. I, don't, I think he's moved ahead. Baba Smiley, you see ahead. what you are just saying. Eh? Mm-hmm. What Neymar did isn't something we've not seen from Neymar, or we don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't know. But, but I'm not saying he he does I'm it in the, in the French league, and we don't get to watch it week in week out. But what he did see, in the I'm not saying that he's not. He's doing something new. It's, it's not a matter of him doing something. Oh, yeah. It's a matter of Ronaldo dipping. No, that is, so it's more of him doing no. what he, he always does. But Ronaldo what, has dipped. Oh, yeah. What, what, what you are saying there, I'm not disputing that, but I'm trying to say that if Neymar doesn't win the Champions League, they wouldn't put him ahead of Ronaldo. I'm telling you. Because Ronaldo still had a number in He still did what he does, even though the goals are few, but he still he was one of the best players in Serie in terms of goals, in terms of breaking record. Usual Ronaldo. If Neymar yeah. doesn't win the world, yeah, uh, he was, but the Champions League, <laughs> I don't think people in world football will put him ahead of Ronaldo. Trust me, Ronaldo and Messi they dip. Lewandowski. But as in, you mean as in if he doesn't win the Champions League with PSG? Yeah, if he doesn't win the Champions League right now, right now, no, I'm saying if he doesn't with, win it with Champions League on his League, own. Yeah, with with PSG right so now, me. they would not because he has the perfect opportunity now to do it. If he doesn't do it, they will still not rate him ahead of. I'm telling you, like. Football-wise, he has passed there, but... It's that has a, a devastating... Because <laughs> Bayern... Oh, but you have to be the best. And right now, the best... <laughs> trust me, this with semi-finals, see the first semi-finals, you have Lyon, let's beg the strangest day. Right now, in the long run, Lyon in the long run. And you have only a top team in Bayern, there. unlike the time you can have Roma, they 
Bayern, Barca, or in the semi-final. So it's kind of a perfect opportunity for PSG to capitalize. Do you, do you think the ghost of um, inexperience could haunt them? Because you know how to you know could haunt PSG. Yes, I, I, I think that you know right now they know that um, uh, it's it's a matter of they wanting it more than anybody, yeah. and, and that's what that's what it will be. Because if you are going into a game against Leipzig, you know you are superior to this Leipzig team. You know you have players who are who are devastating and can uh, can 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 be can cause problems for Leipzig. Then you capitalize on that, and I think that a lot of what PSG will do in that game would rely on Thomas Tuchel. He has to. Um, put in the goals to make sure that his team is set up in a proper yep. way to win against Leipzig. Because Leipzig, the, the Leipzig coach is going to come out and try to play a very tactical game. He's only going to try to play a game that will stifle Neymar and stifle Mbappe. And so Thomas Tuchel has to also come out with a plan that will make sure that even if Neymar and Mbappe are stifled, there will be someone who will still uh, uh, be in there to provide the goals for PSG. And, and I think that that's, that's what he needs to be looking at. He needs to free up his creative player. Thank you. The way he started the game, the, the way he started the previous game wasn't the way he should have started it. And I'm sure he knew after the first half that it was it was very wrong to have played a very flat, a very flat game in the first half. So he needed someone to just come out and then control the game and play and create things for them. Neymar was doing that, but it, it wasn't um it, he wasn't putting himself in the best of positions. And he couldn't have done that alone. And that's why Mbappe came and sort of changed things for them. So what he needs to do is that he just needs to put the players in the very right place. And sometimes you can do that though, but the team talk, how you talk to the players, what sort of psyche are you going to put in the players in? Do the players really, really want to win the Champions League this season? If they really want to do that, then I'm sure they can go past the win. Because this PSG side is capable of beating Dynamo. And the, let us not throw anything away, but... Leon also going to a game with Bayern. Leon have a very good coach in Rudy Garcia who might have watched Bayern Munich and might deploy a plan to beat them. Because Bayern Munich are not unbeaten. They are, they are definitely they are very open. That, you know, they are very, they are very, very open. Agent, agent backline. Um, exactly. You know. So, so it's very beaten. Even the goal Suarez scored yesterday shows just how weak that is the Bayern defense is. And, and so, and so, if PSG are going into a game. You know, possibly with Bayern, then they need to be looking at some of these things. But for Leipzig, it's going to be a difficult game, but I'm taking PSG today. Neymar and Mbappe will be too strong. Okay, so we have Kawa who has called it for PSG to win the Champions League. <laughs> Crack. What say you, bro? <laughs> As Kawawa said, that, that, that's what I said in the beginning. Tuchel, you all, all rely on him because if you are going to play a flat three like you did Marquinhos, Herrera and this one, come on. You are not going to dominate because they will mark the attackers, as Kawawa said. And you need somebody from midfield to create as well, to drop in, in between the lines, pass and help them out. I actually started tipping them from from before the restarts because the way, the way I was seeing things, they already have an advantage from the fact that they finished Bundesliga way before all these other teams finished. Yes. Obviously, um, French League was cancelled totally. But then, Bayern have played more football in the uh, before uh, out with the restarts and everything, and they've had more time to adjust to this whole mindset. And in, the, in addition to all this, I think they have the most complete team. They have the most well balanced team. With PSG, they have sort of a weakness in the midfield. Even though um, against Atlanta, they were missing Verratti, so that was also a big factor. But that aside, I think Bayern have the most well-balanced team in defense. Even though in defense, maybe you could you could say the weak link is Jerome Boateng, but besides that, everything is solid for them. So honestly, I don't I don't see any team beating them. PSG would probably run them close if they meet in the final, which I'm expecting to happen. I'm I'm expecting a very high, probably like a high-scoring game, like but I'm expecting like a three-one Bayern win in the final. I mean, I'm going to give but, a uh, specific uh, scoreline: three-one Bayern uh, win. But you're talking about but you're talking about weakness without mentioning Alaba. Alaba is also a weakness at the back. Row. He was just called honest. Uh, well, they shifted. They shifted. They shifted to yes, centre back. Yeah, right? Honestly, I don't. I don't. I don't think Alaba because Alaba, Alaba, Alaba was covering up with his face because of Suarez. The lack of pace between Suarez without a Messi. 
So yeah, and that would actually help them to the fact that against, Alaba has a but, lot of pace. But the thing is because that against against PSG, they have the pace to match it. That yes, and that's why pace. even Alaba would be a positive in the defense because to have Alaba and Alfonso Davis in the defense dealing with Mbappe's pace, it would it would go a long way to stifle to stifle them because that's the main factor trying to stop Mbappe's pace because you could see he was a difference maker even though Neymar was the was the major uh, factor in the game even with Neymar you still need a runner over there to open up spaces for him because you can't yeah. Icardi wasn't making the right runs yeah. nobody else was running and at least you could also say that Di Maria when Di Maria returns he could also make yeah. those runs instead yeah. of what's yeah. his name Sarabia or whatever his name is but yeah they just even needed, though, they, they just needed PSG tried in the sense that they were missing a lot of key players. Di Maria, um, Verratti, um, there was also one other person they were missing, I forgot him. But even though, or when all their players come back, they will be stronger. I think Bayern, Bayern would just be too strong to deal with. I mean, that, that, that was an exciting round of games. So let's come to a little bit... Uh, <laughs> A little bit home, where we're looking at transfers which have happened in uh, recent weeks. Uh, Tottenham have uh, started making moves in the transfer market by picking up uh, Pierre Emil Hoiberg for Southampton. I think uh, Carl Peter Walkers went the other way, if I'm not mistaken. City 2 have also made a couple of signings with uh, Nathan Ake and Ferran Torres. And the much more uh, <laughs> recent transfer of William. Becoming a free agent and joining Arsenal on a three-year deal, I believe, and then taking two hundred twenty k. That that Arsenal Chelsea supposed rivalry is, is, is I don't understand how so many players keep moving in between both clubs because William is now the the eleventh player to play for both Arsenal and Chelsea. I don't know what kind of rivalry. I can't imagine that happening with Chelsea with United and Liverpool. It's a, it's a joke of a rivalry. I, I, I think the, Chelsea, the, 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 the you, we all know that the London uh, rivalry between Arsenal and any other London club is mostly that we're talking about. I think with Chelsea, there's a, there's a bit of relaxed rules and hatred and whatnot, but then Tottenham just can't seem to get a break from Arsenal fans, and vice versa anyway. So, if anything, uh, seems like a good deal. A player who Ateta wanted... To sort of implement his uh, style of play mm-hmm. with regards to uh, possession based, you know, not quick, not quick football, but <laughs> being able to press and counter press and all that. Because William is a hard working football. He is, but I don't know. Arsenal's transfer strategy is, is a bit confusing. I, mean, I, th- I honestly thought Arteta would come and change, like, target young players, like, looking to the future and all that. But so signing William, especially after last season, last season they signed David Luiz. This season they are signing William. He's thirty-one, and it's it's not it's not like a one-year deal or something. He's is uh, on a three-year deal, putting him on two hundred and twenty k. Two hundred and twenty k means he's going to be the highest. Is it the second or third highest player? Second highest player in the in Arsenal. No, second after, after Messi. So is it? Who who has also come out to say that he will see he will run out his contract, the remainder of his contract. Good good for him because also he, he he's not done anything wrong. Like he hasn't thrown any tantrums. He goes for training. He does everything right. So you can't force him out like that. Let him enjoy. I, I think we have to have a conversation uh, sometime in the future about the dynamics between player and club where a club feel like they can get rid of a player at any particular time that they want. And if the player has a certain level, certain level of power and leverage and respect and has achieved or helped the club achieve some form of success, they in turn can say that, you know what, no, I'm not, I'm not leaving. I'm not, I'm not going to get out and play. I've, I've earned the right to be at this club and earn this amount of money, which you are obliged to pay me. Because in recent uh, times, we're looking at Gareth Bale, who has held out the remainder of his contract and Mesutozo as well. Because he paid a lot of money, a lot of money just to sit on the bench and coaches and clubs can't seem to come to an agreement with regards to how to handle them. Madrid has been poor on the face of things. I'm sure they have their own reasons why they in turn would not want to play Bale 
and build to it's like you know what I, i'm not really i don't really want to go anywhere i'm just going to play golf <laughs> and join the, clubs the are bullies. They, that's the thing the clubs are bullies when when they are doing it to the players they make it seem like yeah the players isn't doing his part and all that when the player turns around to do it to the club then they start the club starts finding way to put some bad news in the press about the players to make them seem like yeah. they are greedy and it's intentional I mean, I don't think the press just because this is a business this, this is not public yeah. opinion this, this, their business is not run on a, on our public feelings yeah. or whatever it's money which is being paid i think fans have a role to play in that because when we get attached to a player and even the player wants to move for his own game and we begin to hate him and we begin to vilify him you understand so the clubs also the, the, the clubs also feed on that. Even though they create they create rumors and all of that, and you see the coach saying this about a player not believing in that. But sometimes when a player is good in the fans' role, they let the club know through even on this uh, when they are at the stadium with their placard or they are shouting and all, letting you know, tweeting and all of that, knowing that why is this guy not playing and all. I mean, Ozil hasn't been terrible anytime he plays, but just a couple of bad games with the money issue and. The club doing that and that's not not doing well and fans taking on insulting and all of that it's just easy for the club to do what they are doing but i'm actually happy players have power right now and they are taking it more serious like the nba they have their own future in their hands like i'm not gonna go pay me off yeah, yeah. if like pay me off that's when i'll go so yeah <laughs> the, 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 the thing is the thing is when you buy a player like Ozzy, what do you expect you don't expect Ozo to be doing the job of Lee Thank you. Thank you. You don't, ex- you don't expect Ozo to be running around chasing players, uh, tracking back, collecting balls and stuff. The guy is a creative player. He has shown Arsenal fans time and again that he can create goals, he, he's dedicated and everything. I, I really don't know what, Oz- what Arsenal fans want Ozo to show to know that he has to play or because he's just he's really just quiet he's really just quiet he has not said anything he's, he goes for training he does everything but i think that the the, the idea of freezing him out maybe if ateta feels that it's good for him and it's, it's good for the club fine but nobody can force him to leave at the moment he should just stay run out his contracts and then if he wants to go um if if he wants to go to any other club i'm sure there will be suitors for Ozil after his Arsenal. Definitely. So, Definitely. I mean, it, it's really not a problem. If I was Ozil, I think I would have done the same thing. I think that Bill is doing the same thing. Let's all, let's all just stay and run out of contract. Because no matter how bad the club makes us feel, other teams will still want us. And, and that's what it is. Because to be very honest with you, if Bill leaves, uh, leaves Real Madrid today, and he's, he's going to get to one of those clubs that are, that are um, um, trying to make a moment in Europe, and then he'll play. And, and for, for, for what it's worth, he's played for Real Madrid. He's the biggest club in the world. He, he has that on his CV. Who else will want him? And that's what Ozil is also doing for himself. So I, I don't see the problem here. If Arsenal think that Ozil is not good enough, so they want to seize him out of the team, yeah, so be it. But he, he, should, he should also just stay and take his money and uh, have, have a holiday. Enjoy life. That. <laughs> that's just what it is. Enjoy life. That's, that's all. Because, you know, like, like Pat was saying, clubs usually try to put players under certain you know uh, certain contracts certain binding relationships that it, it doesn't make any sense because as a player if you get bad today the club will sell you, you know, they won't care what what happens to you they're going to sell you it's like what united is doing to phil jones at the moment united doesn't even want to fund phil jones's knee surgery you get to because they want to they want to do away with him and, and, and that's what football is it's a very harsh reality so if the clubs have the power to do it, why doesn't uh, the player also have the power to do it? And and, and that's just what it, it should be. I mean, I think that even even for player contracts, player contracts only changed in 1995. When because before 1995, players could only um, there was nothing like a free transfer. When you stay and run out of contract, the team will still have to sell you to another team and make money off you, even when you run out of contract. It was only after 1995 that things changed. And so I think that over the years, things have changed. And players also have a voice. And that's how it's true. true. Well, I want, before we like move further, I wanted to go back to one thing. Arsenal, Arsenal transfer strategy. It seems like they fired their uh, is it technical director or director of football. The guy who basically brought Pepe yes. in yeah. and have launched an internal investigation yeah. <laughs> into the transfer of Nicolas Pepe. Yeah. Uh, 75 million like what what, what are you guys takes on that 
I think that I think that the Pepe transfer was um, was one of those deals that um, I thought about it a few times and it really didn't make sense to me. I like I like Pepe as a player. I think that he's a he's a, he's a really good prospect. But for for Arsenal to have to have doled out seventy two million pounds to sign him was a big problem for me. And you know the thing about Arsenal signing him, I think it was installments or something like that. It was a transfer package really. And they were so excited about yeah. claiming they had won the transfer market. <laughs> but if the player comes and the player doesn't perform, what have you done? I think Pepe, in his very little way, has actually performed. But he has not performed to the level of a 72 million pound player. And that's what's worrying us now at the moment. Because if you're buying a player for that much, you expect that in every game he is in, he is talking, he is assisting, he is scoring. You expect something close to... Kevin De Bruyne's statistics for a player like Pepe if you're buying him for 72 million pounds. And that's what's doing Arsenal fans head in. But for them to have sacked the guy who brought him in, a guy that you know they were praising so much in the past nine months, it's it's a very, very big problem. But maybe it's a step in the right direction. Maybe Arsenal just wants to go back to the to the old times when they were they were doing proper transfers, shoot business on the market and stuff. But another thing is that as Smiley said, They've signed WWE's last year. They've signed William this year. What's the next move really for Arsenal if they keep signing over 30-year-olds in the past two seasons and are giving them huge amounts of money? So I think Arsenal's transfer policy is something they really need to look at too. Because trust me, the thing about Arsenal is that they're still looking at the, 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 the youth players that have come through and are thinking that these guys are going to take them to the next level. It's, it's well and good to, to be able to think that Joe Willock, Rhys Nelson, um... Saka, Dikayo Saka, and then Edin Yeah, they're, they're looking at these guys to sort of like change the face of Arsenal and, and bring the old Arsenal back and stuff. It is all well and good. But in all of this, you also need a, a few more players who are going to um, help push the Arsenal philosophy to Because these, these kids have known it for some time. They've, they've played in the, they've, they've stayed in the ranks, they've played, they know how it is and stuff. But I mean, you need, you need other players who are going to come in to sort of change the mentality of it, especially a mentality that would make Arsenal break. That, that's that thing that looks like a glass ceiling at the moment. Because Arsenal sort of do so well in, in ending the season. But what happens in this season? What happens when um, the crunch times come? From October all the way up until February, it's sort of like the very, very tough part of Arsenal season. And it has always been like that for the past 10 years. So who are the players who are going to come in to sort of change that season? And I don't think it will be Willock. I don't think it will be Nelson or it will be Edin So they need to just try to bolster their team a bit. I mean, I, 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 uh, two seasons ago, or I think last season, they got in the years. He was good in like the first nine months of the season. And later on, I mean, he has become a bit of a mess with him. But I, I really want to know how Arsenal are going to overcome this thing that looks like. A, a problem for them at the moment. But I don't think that the, the youth players who are coming to could do anything for them. Um, actually, what you said, that's that's all true. But then, what we normally slate Arsenal for is a lack of experience. Because they believe they have the youth enough, as you say, like they have Martinelli, they have Saka, they have this guy they bought that they took him back on loan. And they have this young Brazilian centre-back that they also... Have. And uh, if you watch Pablo Mari, Saliba too is also yeah, coming in. You understand? Yes, yeah, Saliba is also coming. So they have a couple of young players that they, they are looking at with Gonduzi, even though he has lost form, he's still the Torreira too is not is not an old guy, he's a young chap. You understand? They believe that they have enough, so they want to mix it with experienced players who have done that. Because sometimes the mental block is an experienced player taking the mantle on and doing something different in a game when the young players are just following the plan of the coach. Sometimes you just need that difference maker. And that's not... And with William, with William, somebody like William, yes, William played for a contract. That's what I believe. His last power at Chelsea, he was playing for a contract because it was a different William than what we've seen in the beginning of the season to the middle. Yes, he was playing to get a new contract, like a new deal out of Chelsea to a different club. And Arsenal has fallen for that. As to whether he will turn up or not, we don't know. Because you no know, Brazilians are somewhere. Like we are seeing with Louis, but Louis is picking up. But I believe with that, because they want to mix it with a couple of old older players to to mix it up. And also, um like <laughs> this this Arsenal team, this Arsenal team, when you look at it, Ateta is trying to create an identity. 
you know sometimes you, you set out you set out the team to play but then you need experienced players to push it on to be yeah. leaders on the pitch because yeah. yeah. when you look at obama young sometimes he's the captain but he doesn't inspire much unless he scores a goal you look at lacazette he's not a leader david luis that is supposed to be a leader is also conceding own goals and being shit all over you have oh, socrates man. who can't even stay in the team that would be, and yeah. you have uh, this uh, uh, left back. What's his name? The Serbian. Kolasinac. Kolasinac. Who can who can even play? You understand? So they need more leaders with, and it comes with the age and experience. Cause Edin Ketia is a good chap. Yeah, and, 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 William, and William is and William is. Yeah. yeah, William is not a leader, but at least they are trying. You understand? Yeah, but <laughs> William. Oh, William. Like oh no, but it's true. You, you understand, but you can say William is not a vocal leader, but his performance sometimes in some big matches also will let you know that mm, this guy is trying, this guy is doing it. But when it doesn't go on well for Lacazette, he's useless in the group and he's quiet, he wouldn't talk. Aubameyang would not inspire them, and you just see them. And so sometimes I think Ateta is trying to get a, a couple of. But I, I don't believe that Ateta is in control of the uh, signing at Arsenal. Like you can see, they are even still trying to figure out things. But with the paper signing, me the way the deal went, where they are supposed to pay ten million every year, I I suspected there was something because it didn't make sense. How are you going to sign the player for that price? And the breakdown is is spread over like ten years. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. And I'm not surprised that something has come out of it where there is an investigation. But did he quit or he was sacked? He, oh, he was sacked. <laughs> Don't just get up and quit like that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I don't know, maybe when the investigation started, uh, it was too heated. Oh, they, they sucked yeah. him. They sucked him. <laughs> Within 24 <laughs> hours of the investigation. <laughs> well, when the investigation started, I knew that mm, there was a foul play somewhere. And I believe what is going on. Because that deal didn't make sense. With the way they agreed on spreading the money across over years like that. See how we are even struggling to buy something. <laughs> I beg, I beg, I beg, I beg, I beg. No Sancho. Keep your Sancho Lele. Keep your Sancho Lele. Keep him. No, I'm trying to say, like, if you see the Lele, Basa is saying that they, they want 90 million guarantee. You understand? That if, if you take him on loan, you still have to sign that you are paying for 90 million. Nobody is going to take this paper deal 10 million, 10 million, 10 million over the course of seven, eight years. Why? <laughs> like, why? All right, that's cool, that's cool, that's cool, that's cool. All right, moving on to the main topic for today, given that, you know, uh, matches have been played and uh, Lyon have picked their place in the Champions League semi-final. The team which they beat to sort of uh, proceed, being Juventus, have made a managerial change and by firing Sarri, who won the Scudetto for them this season and have replaced him with a club legend uh, in, the, in the making of Andrea Pirlo. Now, Pirlo, as I understood it, only joined Juventus as a coach for the under-23s sometime this season. Only just finished completing his badges. And I don't think has played much more than 10 games for the under-23s. So we, re- we really don't even know what type of coach that he is. But this is definitely becoming a trend where you have... Uh, legends or former players coming back to their clubs and then taking managerial positions. But then you have this current trend right now that they have been given the top positions. Instead of growing uh, growing within the game, growing within the club, and then sort of getting to that position, the right, dare I say the right way, because there's no right way when it comes to managerial appointments anymore. And like, what what are you guys take on it? Because in recent time, we've seen Ateta come back to take on Arsenal, Lampard, Ole, uh, even Zidane. But then Zidane had, you know, done some considerable work with the Segunda uh, team of Real Madrid. Well, um... <laughs> <laughs> the silence is challenging. No, my back, my back is. Well, Honestly, um, let me see. Even Zidane, even though he, like you said, he, he had done some considerable work, he was still their B team. So, even I think even Ole had more experience in management than Zidane because Ole has been managing a big uh, like. 
hey, he managed the prim- he managed the top division uh, club in Maldi. Yeah, Even that's what I'm league. saying. Because he, mani- he, he managed uh, yeah, uh, so. Maldi for about five years. He managed Cardiff in between. So even he had more experience at the top. But it's, it's definitely, I don't know. It's like everybody's trying to find the next pep. Because that, that's that's what is happening. Everybody's trying to find the next pep. If pep pageant happened, I don't think it this would be happening so regularly. And it's hap- for me, it's happening way too regularly. And it's it's it's, it's like they are they are. Um, what what is the next pep? Because uh, you have pep who was blessed to be uh, to be uh, exposed to a young Leo Messi, an experienced Xavi and Iniesta. And you know, an experienced Puyol, like he was, he, he walked into that team and was able to put his imprint on them. It worked for a number of years, but it hasn't really been the same since he left that club. So I don't even want to use Pep as like the yardstick because coaches have done their jobs and have been able to succeed. The most recent success story you can pin it in is uh, Jurgen Klopp, who started at Mines, went to Dortmund, won at Dortmund. Has come to Liverpool. Has won at Liverpool. Jose served to some extent, but then it's a natural rise and fall type of thing, yes. where like you've seen these coaches who have actually done their or collected their badges, have sort of worked their way to top clubs, have achieved some level of success there, and you know are sort of riding the wave after uh, after how their careers are going. So this current trend where. Uh, Former players have come to come and sort of take over their uh, for their former clubs. You know. I feel like it's a natural thing, but at the same time, too, because the current uh, trend of football or the current way that football uh, runs, you know, you don't really give a coach that much time to sort of put his imprint on the team and then you know work his magic or do his tactics or put his identity or whatever word you want to use so it doesn't really help it doesn't really help them develop and i feel like sometime down the line you know it, it could be diluted and you know the quality might not even be there anymore you see if if they were going through the right channels it, it would make more sense like if they were do, getting the work done because like you said with club he started with mines who he also played for and then he worked his way up all the way through Dortmund to Liverpool. You see um, Lampard, for example, he spent one season at Derby County and then straight to Chelsea. And even with Derby County, if you analyze what he did over there, on the face of it, he looks like it looks like yeah, he overachieved. But he got um, he got fewer points than his predecessor. He lost in the playoffs, and then suddenly he's on to Chelsea. You take um, someone like Arteta. Arteta was Man City assistant manager straight up to um, Arsenal. And that one, I'm sure, is because they feel like he was under Pep. So he learned a lot, he from, learned Pep, a lot yeah. from Pep. Ole, for example, Ole, he got the job by mistake. He came in as <laughs> he came in on internship. He just came to, he just came to hold the fort. He did well by mistake, and suddenly he's there. So so it's like. Um, I honestly feel like it's it's not it's not the best thing in the long term because I feel like the standard it might be bringing the standard of the standard of coaching you can't say that people are bypassing all due process and still maintaining the same standard because when you look back like ten years and you see the managers who are managing the top teams and you come to the managers the managers in the positions now look at the top six right now. All like you have Arteta, you have Ole, you have a washed up Mourinho. It's like it's really clopping. A fraud, a fraud <laughs> in Pep. Pep, Pep yeah, obviously, he's not doing as well he should, as as well as he should be doing. But at least you know that he is a bona fide uh, top man. Oh yeah, fraud, <laughs> Santo man. But <laughs> but yeah, like I feel like the all round quality. In, in, at the top level, it might be it might be suffering from all this sentimentality that the teams are going through and, and trying to bring in their old boys and revive the love day and all those kind of things. <laughs> One of our own, <laughs> but 
I'm not a fan of it. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I am not at all. In as much as, yeah, in as much as I'm, I'm not a fan of it, um, I don't know, but it, it looks like the 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 world or I mean the, the whole football world is just getting to a stage where we're accepting um, much more younger coaches and giving them an opportunity. So if you you can give a younger coach an opportunity and someone who has played for your club is, is young enough to, to come back and coach the club and in, in every sense of the word sort of knows the club, then why would you give them the opportunity? So I think that that's what the, the clubs are looking at. But I mean nobody's going to employ some sixteen year old or some um, 55 year old like they were doing in the 90s. I think that this is the trend that's going to take maybe for a while and then we we'll see how far. But then again, when you look at the world of football, how many quality coaches are out there? Most of it the old like, coaches... what, well, under 40 or over, over 40? No, even over 40, most of the old coaches are washed. Like, their ideas are different. Right now, there's a new wave that is coming. Do you get it? Yeah, because when, when you study you... the trend, the style of play and everything, it's moving with new, if, even when you, it's, if, it's even in the NBA. I can make reference to that. Most of the older coaches everywhere they are phasing out their ideas and way of motivating players and everything is different. And if you study the kind of players these clubs are bringing, they are bringing proper legends. They are pushing proper legends that have the respect of the players. And if their ideas click a bit, they can create magic. Look at Zidane. Zidane didn't re- look at Zidane. Zidane just came in, he was an assistant to Ancelotti. Ancelotti moves on, they weren't performing. After their first year, they won the Champions League. The, the season after that, they weren't, results were really going around, uh, right. They moved Ancelotti out, put Zidane, Zidane there. Zidane really didn't come with any tactical news. He just put the right players in the right position, motivated them. They won the Champions League in this half season. And the following season, they followed with, uh, um, they followed with uh, the La Liga. And he, and he pushed and he trusted the youth more with that. It, it was just... It's all, but, but, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a proper legend. I mean, the, the proper legends, the proper United <laughs> Oh, they, 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 yeah, nobody wants... All they do is criticize and when they get teams, they can't do anything. I, Gary Neville, I don't, Gary Neville, I don't even want to hear anything from that guy. Said, I don't even rate him as a proper legend. <laughs> 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 but there, there are some young coaches there who are sort of making their mark uh, in world football right now. Top, top most being uh, Julian Nagelsmann, who has uh, taken Leipzig. Or he started, he started. Where was he? Hoffenheim. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. Before he got the Leipzig job, and you know, has lost a player in Vienna, but was able to guide. I mean, push Bayern a bit in the league and has been able to take Leipzig to the semi-finals of the Champions League. So there is some hope that, you know, there are coaches who are paying their dues and are able to sort of rise up in the ranks. But then that that trend where a coach stays at one place for a long time to sort of make his mark before he sort of moves on. And if not even move on because it really happens that the club will have to reach a decision where it's like, okay, fine, we don't want you to be there anymore. Which has happened to Eddie Howe, because came back as came back to the club as a former player, has taken the club from third division or fourth division all the way to the Premier League, oversaw them being relegated, and then uh, you know the club decided that you know what, uh, we feel like we have to make a change right now. Howe, I, I, think, I, I think I think it was more of his decision for the beginning before he came to an agreement with the club, because he, he was because I was reading that he was the one saying that. He was taking a break from football and needed time off. Like he just couldn't. I don't think he was in the mental space to coach in the cha- in the championship and bring them back. So it was kind of a straight a straightforward decision. It is. It is. It is called. <laughs> That's our. Uh, well, That's true. But but. Yeah, it's called disgrace. But you you were you were talking about uh, um, the coaches like talking about um, this Lesbian coach and all of that. See how Basa brought um, Setien. Flick. Barcelona brought Setien from was it Real Betis right? yeah. look at the kind yeah. of ball they were playing at Real Betis they were good you bring that experienced coach and his ideas into Barcelona look at what turned out so it's not really with these old coaches experienced coaches I think it's not working for a lot of and the, all these fellow and things they are also low risk because low, low cost you don't really pay them that much so is there risk? Granted, some right, clubs, right, right. Yeah, there is there risk some clubs are willing to take that I can pay if it doesn't go well. I'll be looking for other coaches in that regard. But if it goes so well, hey, I have something on my hand. 
I think I, th- I think I think if anything, crowd, we might have cracked it because you would have a club which is playing a shit ton of money to players, but you know the coach might not necessarily be taking that much because they have to prove themselves. Because if anything, Madrid might be the only place because when Zidane came, it was a low risk and achieved quite remarkable feats by winning yeah. the three peats and two La Liga and one. So he might be on the higher end of the wage spectrum, but then. The other clubs, sort of like United in Ole and uh, UV in uh, But we are even seeing with the Bayern, Bayern coach as well. Yeah, but the Bayern coach as well. I think he was an assistant. Yeah, he was, was an assistant to um, the German national team coach. Yeah, or... No, not the he German was... national team. The, the, this guy. The German... Was yeah, it a... he... Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm talking about the Bayern coach that was sacked recently. Um, Kovac. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Kovac, yeah, Kovac. Kovac. Yeah. Yeah, he was, he was with Mainz or... Uh... In Frankfurt. No, no, Frankfurt, Frankfurt, Frankfurt. He yeah, actually true, won the yeah. German Cup. But honestly, I think um, it, this whole thing is a feast that they would eventually get out of it eventually. Because it's like you see one team doing it, you want to try it. And it's sort of a way of. It, we are in a period where almost every team was frustrated with their. Like the fans of every team were frustrated with their clubs. Things weren't going well. Like for all the teams doing this, if you look at Chelsea. You look at United, you look at Arsenal, all the teams doing these things, they were they are sort of in a space where they are frustrated. So this is sort of a way of giving the club back to the fans. When you give the club yeah. to an old player, a who former knows player. what the club is about, who knows yeah, the club. all those things you follow, DNA the, and all as, that. as only you say, the DNA of the team and all those things. Robust. Robust. <laughs> they, 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 they like that word plus anything. Yeah, but, but I like what Smiley said about it being a phase in which we pass. Because even if you watch the style of play of football right now, everybody's moving for that. Basa dominant style of play with Pep Bob dominant. People are going back to the direct person play where they are believing in wingers again. If you study the trend yeah, that's that coming, you know the, the possession wide, wide plays and all this. the possession play is facing yeah, out as well. too much party because it becomes very predictable after a while. And you, yeah. you can see yeah. that with um with City. With Barca, it lasted a bit longer because you have Messi, and when you have Messi, like He's like a cheat yeah, code. Yeah, yeah. But when you have, so, so when you when you're playing that particular style of play, I feel like you need one very exceptional player. Like I feel like right now in City's team, even though they've become quite a bit predictable, if they had a player like Neymar who could do some magic out of the blue, that, they would still be they would be more dominant than they are now. Mares Ma- Mares was supposed to be that kind of player. That so team. when it comes down to it, in football, the, the the most difficult thing to defend again against is speed, and we are seeing it. Yeah. That, that's what everybody is going back to now. Everybody is trying to get uh, a nice front three fast players, direct direct football, play, direct when, when it comes down to it, that's the most difficult type of football to defend against. Well, we have a very packed season. Which will be coming up uh, sometime in the ne- in the next couple of weeks, leading all the way into next year, because uh, the new football calendar has come out. Uh, EFL and FA Cup have sort of reworked the competition by removing uh, double leg ties, removing replays. You know, everyone's just really playing a one-off match to sort of catch up to next year, so the Euros can take place and World Cup can also take place as well. I don't even know how that one is going to be take place, but Charlie. Uh, we'll see how these coaches will take on that pressure of playing game after game after game after game after game. I'm sure the fans will, will love nothing but that. Uh, yeah, we're here for it. Now, we're going on to the next segment with the Ke- uh, Hot Takes. But you brought to us by Kentucky. Kentucky Hot Takes. We'll take you there, back. Shout out to our listenership and our Twitter our Twitter fellowship who keep on sending us the Hot Takes. As well, we have uh, one from FW at FWMH. Hey, MOH. Actually, I don't know if we talk this thing. <laughs> FWM OHAS. Let's say you know yourself. <laughs> FW, FW MOHAS, I, I think. Uh, he said, uh, actually, two takes. Uh, Lewandowski robbed of the Ballon d'Or this year. Discuss. It's not really a take, but okay. Uh, referee or technology? VAR is destroying the thrill of the game. Is that a hot take? 
the Lewandowski one. Lewandowski won me there. I mean, like, in, the, in the first place, I don't understand the rationale for cancelling the Ballon d'Or. They said... It is an agenda. It could, it's it an agenda. Very, and I'm not saying everybody go fuck because up this the year. Reason, no, I know we say they know. The all, reason it didn't make uh-huh. any sense to me, they said not enough football has been played to give a winner. You are completing the season football? now. So, what's, what's, what's the reason? Like, I, don't, I, I really don't understand that, that reason. But in no. any case... Friends. Even if the Ballon d'Or has been cancelled, the FIFA awards will still go ahead. So I'm sure he should probably win that one. But the French Football Federation wanted a, an Mbappe agenda. I, 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 I also believe so. They wanted an Mbappe agenda, but their their league ended too early. way faster too than everybody because they didn't believe all that leagues yeah, will come back. We didn't pass them back. And they realized that <laughs> yeah, Nami na fuck up. So as everybody come, that's not a fair playing ground for them. Was everybody who showed their work and pick and pick up and know like, mm. like, but he has been robbed. Which is really do you cool. think it's too late for them to sort of renege that decision? Oh, it's not very stupid if they do. Yeah, nobody will trust them again. So let's believe in the FIFA. But with this VAR thing, I think we've discussed it right now. We are all kind of used to it now. Oh, I think it's added a certain dimension, especially on a on a night like this where. Uh, I think the second, the second Lyon yeah, goal yeah, was sort of contested. Goal. I mean, fans will be on their feet because you want you want to add that level of uh, suspense to a big game like that, where it's like you know the team is pressing and a team which you didn't expect to win yeah. have actually gone ahead and gone and scored a goal, and you know sort of get the momentum or steal the momentum because City were attacking and pressing forward yeah. at the time like that. Um, um, yeah, VAR has its problems, definitely, but it's definitely added a different dimension but to the game, which I think fans will come to appreciate. Okay, regardless of all the mistakes VAR makes, it's still proving to be better than man, man, man decision. I still trust VAR more than these referees. Trust me, right now, because when you complain and they show you the lines and everything, your complaint doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't go further because they've decided that this is it. You are seeing it. Unlike back then, when all the decision lies with the referee, and the licensing and all of that, and they don't even show us anything. Like, it's, it's much more kind of accurate than the referee's decision. So, yes, but what the guy was saying it was actually more about the thrill of the game. And I feel like, yeah, in, in, in the long term, I feel like even players after they score, they might not even celebrate because. You are not coming to wait for the VR to decide whether your goal is yeah. goal stands because oh, it must yeah. be very frustrating what, what for them if after every goal you now have to wait and check and let them see whether it's, it's a the goal stand because you feel very stupid after a while that I'm celebrating. Look at the the game. Um, there was this game in Syria where they uh, they disallowed four goals. One team scored four times and they disallowed all the four. Yeah, it was it was Napoli against. Was it Napoli? Yeah, it was. Something? I know Napoli was. Oh, involved. I forgot it. Yeah, it was Napoli. Oh, but the t- I forgot it. Was the Juve? They disallowed four goals. Four goals by the same team. Olatio. Olatio. It was. It was. It was. It wasn't. It wasn't Atlanta. It wasn't Lazio. It wasn't. I, I forgot to but yeah, to I feel like it's it's in terms of destroying the thrill of the game. Yeah, I feel I, I see where he's coming from because it, it gets frustrating yeah, after a while. True. Every goal you score, then you have to wait and check and see. Well, and, it, it takes the passion out yeah, of it. It's, it's, it's a bit. If you notice, even a number of coaches have stopped celebrating after goals because it's like you have to wait and just keep your head level and see what what happens. Yeah, it was against Asolo. Right. All right. We have our uh, second hot take, and now let's. I, I love everyone sort of sending in these sort of uh, points and discussion and whatnot. But the whole purpose of hot takes is to like say something outright and let us know that this way. Yeah, something believe. controversial, like sort of this yeah, yeah. But I know, like some we, we some <laughs> some we discussion make we discuss because honestly, ah, uh, we like like we just somebody fire. should somebody should have sent messages of. Message yeah, a fraud. Then fire. Like we move. Because we have agendas to because prove. I have, I have agendas to prove that. Because I have fire oh. set up for you today, but then mm. I see the whole thing. It's like the shy. They don't want to talk anything to. Nah. So so I, I put it to our listenership and our viewership that listen. Uh, in as much as we would want to take on your uh, thoughts for discussions and whatnot, 
We need hot things. Because Kalitos went, since I don't see boys way, they take them at things come again. <laughs> <laughs> I call trash once, no. You people I call tell Kalitos no. that this one be trash. Come <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it, it ain't shit, bro. It ain't shit, bro. Honestly. But yeah, uh, we have another one from Van Gelder, who is a lot. Where he did? Czech, Czech Republic. Our number one yeah, fan Czech, in Czech, Czech Republic. Czech Republic. Uh, yeah. Uh, he said, um, is this the end of the Simeon and Atletico cycle? Referencing Atletico's loss to RB Leipzig, and if yes, where could he end up next hypothetically? Welcome, Awadi. Idi, ego, analyze this for we, JJ. I was actually waiting for him. Is this the one? I doubt it. He was on. Me, let me just see this. Simeone is an idiot. He's a very big idiot. In this modern day, why are you going to play a game? And it's such an important match. This time, the Champions League is not even too, like this round. is a one-legged thing. Why do you go into a one-legged tie without your best forwards on the pitch? Already, you are missing Korea through COVID. Bro, bro, this Joe Felix agenda where no, you can't no, push no. this the... one. It will be, oh. be Felix matter. <laughs> even though Felix, be Felix came and it be Felix changed agenda. the game completely, but by then it was too late. But, 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 Felix aside. Their best three forwards this season have been Felix, Morata, and Korea. You are missing Korea already through COVID. Then you put Felix and Morata on the bench, expecting that when uh, when Leipzig are tied, Costa and when Leipzig are tied, Costa will be a tactics. When they are tied, ah, they will bring them on to come and run them down. And, and, <laughs> And, and he was playing a striker. striker. Laurenti. Yeah, like Simeon. Ah. Like Simeon was Simeon was just silly with. Ah, come on. Like I was I was surprised when I saw the starting. I was like, ah, no Felix. Like, really? No Morata. No, like because I he was missing but like, he was missing party as well. Yeah, I hear Party was suffering with some injuries ahead of the game, so he didn't want yeah, to miss it. Yeah, he was missing yeah, he was yeah, missing yeah. party. But, but it didn't make, and I was very disappointed because even though Simeone, he's an anti-football person, he knows how to navigate the Champions League, and he had that yes. record that he hadn't been knocked out by a team that didn't have Ronaldo. But any so other I team, honestly another thought Atletico uh-huh. would get into the final this time because I don't know. I just feels like at this time, your slip I feels like this time his obstacle is in there, <laughs> so he he has a free shot at the final. And he just went and blew it. I'm, I'm very disappointed. And Charlie, the guy there, I think he's done all he can do at Atletico. He should move on. Because Atletico have the players to play more expansively. And at this point, he's holding them back. He's just holding them back. So hypothetically, where could he go to? He, he should get another big team. Me, I think Italy. Italy would suit his, his, both his style of play and his mentality. Because, you know, he has... The sort of young Mourinho mentality. He needs warriors. He doesn't need just footballers. He needs warriors. And it's Italy where you find you still find I I, I think if yeah, I think Italy as well. And if if AC Milan, Milan wasn't playing yeah, so good. AC right Milan now. is a team that I also had in mind. because Yeah, I I think he could he would be lovely there. Because Zlatan has sort of reignited something in that team. You have Kessie playing ball. You have Kalanoglu too has been taking his game. Yeah, the latter part. Simeon might be the coach of Atletico, but you can see that gradually a stamp on the team is is fading away. Because right now, when you look at his transfer strategy for a couple of seasons, not even a couple of seasons, two seasons now, he has bought ball who he wants them to play like, he wants them to play like dog. They don't have that dog in him. In they them. can no longer. Oh, like, they don't. No, they don't. They don't. Because these people are ballers. You bought ballers and you want them to play like the time you had uh, uh, this guy that has gone to uh, uh, Inter Milan. What's the defender? Godin. The captain that left. Godin. You want them to play like Godin. And, like you have Saul right now. You've stagnated. The guy has turned Saul into, into like, Kante. I mean, yeah, he's exactly, like, the attacking part of his game. You have technically good players and you just want them to be tracking people down and chasing them around. Uh, like, you see, they can't, they can't, like, he can't hide behind the underdog's tag for so long because no, initially no, they no, had, no. they didn't have that much of a good team. But now they've been spending big. They've been spending quite big. Ah, you are buying player 120 million. See, and all they signed apart like, from uh, uh, they signed ah. Felix for 120. They signed Lima for 70 million. 
They signed Morata, who has no goal and assist. No goals, and that one is not just down to him; it's down to Simeone. Simeone. Oh, that's true. The, the, the style, style of play. play it doesn't ah, help right. attacking players at all. It's down to him. It's down to him. Linga there. Linga is down to him. Lemar there is not down to him. This year. Oh, but but Kawawa, yes, Lemar has it. Lemar has it performed this season. Or not, but Nasa is down to him. Look more for me. Look more for me. How bad is that? You play for Atletico Madrid. It's not like you play for. Uh, 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 what was it? You play for one of those teams, like Ganes or something. Let's go, Madrid. You need to score. Let's tell me that score. The coach hasn't done anything. It is you. Well, that, that was a beautiful, that was a beautiful discussion. Yeah. <laughs> Mateo, Teo, Teo, before you say, can we please talk about Messi and Barcelona? So this is your hot take. Let's 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 get into it. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. So I'm presenting a hot take. Yeah. The hot take. The hot take is that. When it comes to the knockout stages of football matches, Messi has proven to be a fraud <laughs> for the past couple of years. Because listen to this stat. Barca's highest goal scorers in knockout stages is actually Suarez and Neymar, who left the team like three huh? seasons or four seasons ago. Huh? Yes! And that's the last time that they won the Champions League. Yes! The highest goal scorers in the knockout stages is Suarez and Neymar. As in since 2015. You are since 2015. Since 2013, since 2013, no player has scored more goals for FC Barcelona than Suarez in the uh, uh, UEFA Champions League beyond round of 16. The second top scorer is Neymar, who left the club in 2017. Messi, Messi scores most of his goals in the group stages. And when it comes to the time they need him against Roma, against Liverpool, score one. Score one goal against Liverpool. Score one goal against Liverpool, then you will him. You go 2-0, 1-0 behind. There were so many agendas today that you see him walking. Like you see your captain walking, not tracking back. I know that. See, it will never happen to a Ronaldo team. Ronaldo, you can score him for, you still come out fighting. Try to get his own personal accolade. Try to get a goal to build his own this one. Unlike Messi. I can you 8 goals, 11 versus 11. Hmm. Are you serious? Yeah, all, all I'll say is that... Yeah, as, as for the 8 goals, yeah. <laughs> All I say is that a Ronaldo team is not getting beaten a two in the Champions League. There's no way, no way. <laughs> he he will go knock you a two though. Uh, like, see, come on, like with, with, with all Messi's greatness, he's a poor leader. Like how can you not inspire your team? That's why I was always saying that the importance of uh, um, Iniesta and Xavi in that team, eh, people really didn't respect them that much. Every, people were saying that when, when you have arguments, that people say that Iniesta and Xavi were holding the team. And you have the Messi fanboys going like, Messi, he, he, they scored the 80 goals. A calendar year, they scored 50 goals and all that. But you have some matches that Iniesta's brilliance will take them out of it. Xavi will control the game. Even when they had Neymar, there was this time that Messi got injured for like 10 matches. Neymar and Suarez took on the mantle. It was like Messi was in there. You understand? They did it. Neymar was also creating and scoring. That's why their last ever Champions League they won was when Neymar was there. That comeback against... Uh, um, uh, PSG. PSG was Neymar and the referee. <laughs> you understand? Sergio Roberto, yeah. please. Sergio Roberto but, to you. Forgive but, um, um, me. I, 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 don't, I don't think I blame Messi. I think I, I blame Barcelona. I'm, I'm, I'm blaming Barcelona in the sense that the over reliance on Messi is a problem. The thing is, if you have a player, any, any player that you have, you should know the player's quality and know how much the player can take. For how many seasons? And I think that Messi has single-handedly carried this Barcelona team ever since Iniesta and Xavi left. He's been the, the only guy who has sort of carried the team from all of all of those. Because the thing is, if you take Messi out of this Barcelona team, it is a pretty yeah, they're Espanol. That's, 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 that's just uh, yeah, that's just what it is. So I think that you know having Messi in there has helped them. The only thing is that you know Messi feels the thing is after. Even after the La Liga, after they lost those La Liga games, you he had you he had Messi speak. He's clearly frustrated about about how and why the team has has relied on him to do everything and, and consistently keep scoring. Ah, uh, but, but come on, the agenda it. is Messi. It, Messi I mean, can it, do it all. It, 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 I mean, the, the guy can do it. Ah, the goat. the goat. Take it like that. He just he just can't do everything on his own. And I'm and I'm sure that as as at this point. He has started feeling it and he, 
possess a lot of how? things because even the even the pictures that came out yesterday, look at him, look at him in the dressing room. There's nothing to say when your team is four one down at half time. What, what, what do you mean? Those, those same pictures have been coming out from Argentina and everywhere. When is when is no oh, when is no going on well? Like, come on, you can't just go and sit in the dressing room and captain like that. Even if they are scoring, you inspire confidence a bit. We'll we'll see we'll see how we'll see how he's able to move forward in seasons to come. And that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you. I want to give a special shout out to Kodat for uh, recommending the parallel discussion. Uh, also, shout out, sh- shout out to the uh, producers in the background, Cyril, Donald. You guys are like top, 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 top guys. Uh, if you haven't already, please uh, follow, like, share, subscribe, or wherever you get your podcast, be it Apple, Spotify, Deezer. Also, do want well to follow and interact with us on our Twitter page as well, uh, ATW Podcast GCR. And then, Charlie Boys and Girls, send us hot takes on uh we go record this time no so you there next next week next two weeks there we will we can't get you we can't get you but yeah uh shout out to Corey who was able to make it Charlie marriage life is keeping busy Bye, boys. Uh, I'm going to see you on the next one. But yeah, ATW dominates the conversation. This has been a Gold Coast Reports production.